and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. It is one of the greatest privileges afforded the Church of Jesus Christ, possibly the most underused. When considering the essentials for church life, this one is huge, and I am not exaggerating in the least bit. Prayer was mentioned in Acts 2.42 when the early church was just forming. Listen to what Acts 2.42 says again. They, that would be uh, everybody, all, everybody that knew the Lord up to that point, every, all the saved people. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So there are four things mentioned. We've already covered in previous podcasts the first three things. The Apostles' teaching is the Word of God. Uh, Fellowship is sharing, genuine sharing, life in common. To the breaking of bread is uh, is, uh, celebrating the Lord's table, the the Lord's Supper, communion, but it's actually uh, in that symbolic act focusing on the centrality of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ on a regular basis. And then we come to the fourth one, and that is prayer. Why prayer? Why is prayer so huge, as I said? Why is it an essential of the church? Well, It should be obvious, but let me just say first, prayer acknowledges and worships God. When I say that, my mind goes back to Matthew chapter 6, that great sermon on the mount that Jesus uh, taught and preached there in his earthly ministry, and uh, as he was giving a model for prayer, uh, he said this, you pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, I like the King James Version of that, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father who is in heaven, uh, your name is to be revered, to be worshipped, to be held sacred. And, And the name of God is all that God is, represents all that God is. It's not just a a title tagged on, but when he says, hallowed be your name, it is all about uh, giving reverence and honor and worship to Almighty God. And so when we come to God in prayer, we begin right there with our Father, our Father in heaven. You are to be worshiped and praised. It acknowledges God Almighty. But prayer also acknowledges our total need for and dependence on God. You know, uh, the, the, the very next thing in the Lord's Prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we're depending on you. We're asking you for your rule, your reign uh, to to come to earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, it is an acknowledgement of our need for Almighty God and our total dependence upon Him. Why prayer? It acknowledges and worships God. It acknowledges our need for and dependence on God. But the early church, when we look at it, back in the book of Acts, the early church was was actively praying. And I'm going to give you some examples of that. We're going to go through uh, part of the book of Acts and see that. When we, uh, as we take a look at the life, uh, the prayer life of the early New Testament church, it begins in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus has just ascended back to heaven. 
He's told uh, his followers there to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so in that 10-day period, they were waiting there in Jerusalem and they met in the upper room. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14 tells us this, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And so there was about 120 of them there, according to verse 15. And all of them were there continually devoting. I want you to notice that. That word, uh, that is a one word in the Greek, and it is a verb, and it is in the present tense. That means that it was ongoing. They just kept on praying. They were praying and praying and praying as they were waiting for the promise. And, you know, they already had the promise. But that didn't stop them from praying because they understood their need to acknowledge God and to depend on God right out of the gate. And then comes the day of Pentecost, Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, and all of these Jews from all over the world are there. And you know what happened? The Holy Spirit came and Peter preached the great message. And then we come to this verse that we've already read, Acts 2.42, where they were continually devoting. There's that word again, uh, super committed to on an ongoing basis, prayer. The early New Testament church just came right out of the gate praying, praying before Pentecost, before the arrival of the Holy Spirit, at the arrival of the Holy Spirit, after the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the church in the New Testament prayed. Turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. The scripture says, Now Peter and John, two of the apostles, the leaders in the early church, were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, notice this, the hour of prayer. Why do you think those men were doing that? Well, the rest of the story is they met a man there that uh, had been lame from his mother's womb and, and he was healed. But, but they didn't go there to do that. They were going to the temple to pray. And along the way, as they went to pray, uh, God opened up a, a door of ministry for them and an opportunity for the gospel to be preached. Because if you know the rest of chapter 3, what happened was such a crowd was attracted by this miraculous event that Peter stood up and preached and he preached the gospel. And every time Peter got a chance to speak in those early days, that's exactly what he did. But it was bathed in prayer. And out of that incident, uh, Peter and John were arrested. And, and they were brought before the, uh, uh, the, the religious leaders, and they were threatened, and, uh, and, and actually uh, they, they underwent um, uh, a lot of, uh, of um, intimidation. I'll get the word out here in a moment. They underwent a lot of intimidation. But then they were released, and in Acts chapter 4, verses 24 and following, and then verse 31, uh, the Scripture says this, and when they heard this, uh, let me back up to 23. When they had been released, they went to their own companions, their fellow church members, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, O oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And on they went with this prayer, and they prayed. And verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. It makes me think, maybe why, one of the reasons why uh, much of the church is so timid today. Timid. Timid. Intimidated. 
Maybe some of the reason that we are is because we are prayerless. Because when they prayed, they earnestly prayed, God filled them with the Spirit of God. And that means that He just took control of their life. They came under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They didn't fall out. They didn't act crazy. What they did was they went out and spoke the Word of God with boldness. And that's what a a prayed-up, Holy Spirit-filled Christian will do. They will do just exactly that. Well... We go on over to Acts chapter 6, verse 4. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4, we're right in the middle of a story where there was a problem that had started in the church. The church had grown so much, and certain widows were being neglected. Uh, the the Hellenized widows were being neglected uh, by the church, and, and so the uh, elders and the apostles got together to uh, to try to figure it out, and they said, "You go uh, to the congregation." And said, "You appoint seven men that can uh, oversee this matter of taking care of the elders." And in verse four says, "But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word." And so these leaders, these po- apostles, these pastors of the churches said, "Our job is to pray." and to minister the Word to people. And so there was a very, very key, important verse. Acts chapter 8, verse 15. The word got uh, spread that uh, that people were being saved in Samaria, and so the, the uh, they sent down Peter and John to Samaria. and And Acts chapter uh, eight verse uh, verse number fourteen says they sent Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because he had not yet fallen upon any of them. And that was uh, uh, what happened there. And so they were praying again. You see prayer there. Acts chapter 9, verse 40, a young lady had died, and her name was Dorcas, and Peter sent everybody out of the room. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 40, it says, But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. She was raised from the dead. God chose to do that through prayer. Well, uh, that there, there again, the power of prayer. Acts chapter 12, verse 12, you see the church praying again for Peter who was in, in prison. And they were gathered together. And it says that, um, that the, after he realized this, Peter, that he was released, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. They were praying for his release. The church was a praying church. And then finally, last, in Acts chapter 13, uh, we have the uh, church at Antioch, and there were a number of leaders there. And let me just read verses 1 to 3 and let you hear what's going on there. It says, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And Saul, of course, was Paul. So while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3, Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. I cannot tell you how key that is. Here is an early church that uh, the leaders are praying before God, and God leads them to set apart uh, Barnabas and Saul, who was later called Paul, and uh, then they fasted, they prayed over them, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them out. And that, by the way, was the beginning of Paul's first of three 
missionary journeys recorded in the book of Acts. God used Paul, and you know how greatly God used Paul, but it all started with him in a local church with local church leaders and the church praying and praying over him before they sent him out. Do you see how important it is? Well, I've chosen four verses, well-known verses in the New Testament, and there are numerous others about prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, verse 18 says this, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. There is a command to pray at all times. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Um, with uh, earnest asking, pray, let your petitions be made known to God. There again is another command to pray. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, Paul said. Pray, devote yourself to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. You get the general idea. One of the essentials in the church is prayer. I want to tell you, we have a lot going on in churches today. We've got lots of resources, lots of fancy things. And and again, don't mistake me. I'm not against progress and fancy things. I, I appreciate indoor plumbing and air conditioning, and I appreciate sound systems, and I appreciate all the technology and the opportunities if we use it right. But I want to tell you, the power is not in any of that. The power is not in it. You could take all of that away and the church could still be powerful. How do I know that? I know that from reading the book of Acts. And I want to tell you, our powerlessness goes back to our prayerlessness. No prayer, no power. So God help us to understand that this is essential, that we pray together corporately, individually, but corporately as a church. We need to make that a part of our church life, prayer. Well, I hope you get the picture today. Until next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.